You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And now we're going to bring back, after being absent last week, we're going to bring back everybody's favorite segment, and that's the mailbag segment. We'll turn it over to you for your questions. All right, so the uh, first question here comes from at Dal underscore cow, mm. and he says, are Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, and Sam Williams all exclusively right-side players? Basham seems like a fringe 53 guy, but he's the only one I've seen rush from the left behind D-Law. So this is an interesting question to me, especially now that they moved Golston inside because right. Golston was kind of a... a primary left-handed yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. He, he was kind of a mini yeah. Demarcus Lawrence. Right. Um, you know, we've seen these guys mainly rushing. I think Fowler's exclusively right. Right. Um, I would, or correct. I, I would guess Dorrance Armstrong could play. I think just knowing uh, Sam Williams' skill set, I think Sam Williams could play left if they needed to. Well, I think so too. And I think I, I've seen him play left at, at Ole Miss. I asked Dorrance Armstrong that question today about playing left and right, which side he thought was his best side. And he says the majority of his life he's played on the left-hand side because he's been used to having to play against tight ends and tackles and stuff and take on running plays and things. He's, and I'm like, well, has that affected you in any way? He says, no. I, he goes, I feel like, though, they want me to play more on the right side. He goes, and I don't have a problem with the right side. He goes, it's a different way to rush. But he goes, I've been primarily a left a left side player during my career. So, you know, if 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 given the opportunity, I think you could use him I think he would prefer to be a left side player, but don't be surprised as he continues to get work on the right side to see if he could be that that guy as well. Daniel Henshaw says, I know it's early, but did you see any evolution in Kellen Moore's play calling? Now I will I will just say right off the bat, and I think I've referenced this before on the show. Um, I think training camp is really tough to see any of that. A lot of that stuff that they're doing is done and installed during the offseason during practices that they don't let us see. The, the one thing I know we've talked about a little bit, not so much, much the play calling, but I think we are seeing slight evolutions in Tony Pollard's really been kind of lining up as a receiver more yeah. than a back at a lot of times. And you're seeing some of those uh, those pivot routes, those little yeah. whip routes that – uh, you know, have, have been kind of absent from the playbook mm-hmm. during Kellamore's time. It looks like it's back in there this year with some of the uh, routes the receivers are running. Uh, but overall, any takeaways for you from how Kellen Moore has looked like he's installing the offense? No. Be- and don't say anything about a sluggo route. No, I'm not at all because, <laughs> well, you know, what, what, I've, what I've noticed, though, is with the Kellen Moore, you mentioned the movement, the, really the tighter the, the formation with C.D. Lamb playing tight, 
working across the formation. You mentioned the pivot routes, things like that. The running game looks pretty much the same as far as the inside handoffs, the zone plays, the stuff like that that they want to use. Um, Creativity-wise, I can't say that it's anything, you know, because, you know, you're looking at route combinations. They haven't made a whole lot of wow plays. You know, the wow plays that they've tried, Dak has missed on the overthrow on those deep balls. He's and been stuff. over or under. Yeah, he, yeah. And I think so, that's a, a function of still trying to figure out your exactly, with your receivers. Exactly. You know, but down in the down in the you know down in the goal line, down the red zone, you know, defense I thought did a pretty good job. There was a couple of times, uh, I think two days ago, where they had some red zone success. I think Washington had a catch. Yep. Uh, they that was had, Saturday. Yeah, they've had they've had the uh, the tight ends have made some plays, but it doesn't look like it's you know if you were if you were really really just looking at it overall, they haven't made a lot of those wild plays. And to me, wild plays are the ones of an evolution of is he doing something that Dan Quinn in this defense isn't picking up? Is he confusing? Yeah. And it seems like to me, man, especially today, that defense was on point, but. The receivers were able to make some great catches, and Dak made some really tough throws. So I'm going to adjust this question a little bit from uh, Randall Walker. His question is this. He says, you can choose any route to run and any receiver to run it to win the game for the Cowboys. Uh, which and whom do you choose? And I, I don't think he's trolling me, but he says personally he'd take CeeDee Lamb on a sluggo. But because that could be uh, you, you know a little wide, I'll go ahead and say say you're you're at the, the 10. You're, you're, you're you know, Last play of the game, you're at the 10-yard line. Brian, when you're looking at, at who are you targeting there and, and what route, I personally, and I know some people are going to hate to hear this, I think I'm looking for Schultz on some sort of option route. Yeah, that's where it was funny you say that because I was going through my head. The the catch that Lamb made in the Minnesota game that one year was down yeah, falling there. Back. Falling backwards and the way he was extending and all that. Uh, last year, Amari Cooper had a great catch in the game, and it gets Minnesota down in the red zone. I, if you had to tell me a guide to get open down there, I kind of feel like that Michael Gallup could go up and get a football for you if you had to. I don't necessarily want to throw 50-50 balls, but I think you're on to something with Schultz. I think Schultz would find space, especially if you put him on the backside, move the pocket, you know, sin flow, those waggles, the boots, or have him, he's really good at lining up on the right side, everything going to the left. Clear out. And then stuff. clear, and then he comes over, and he just kind of works his way through the trash to get to the, or works the back in line, you know, and, and kind of find space. I think, the, I think the most reliable guy to throw the ball to down there in that red zone would be Schultz. Yeah. I think he would make the play. Because I, I think he's somebody who's got strong hands. He's somebody who can yeah. make a catch with somebody on his, his back. back. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like outside of just Schultz, I think Gallup is a good one. Um, if you do have to throw a 50-50 ball, I think yeah. Gallup is probably the one i go with. But also I think Gallup's got a, a really great ability. We've seen it a lot um, to do that toe drag yeah. on the side. So I feel like yeah. if you were, you know, running some sort of like corner or something like that, I think you could, you know, hit him, find him. Hit him and let him get his feet so, down. So there. I think those are some of the routes I'd look at. A, a corner to, to Michael Gallup or, or some sort of something, option something route to that, Schultz. Something that starts on the right side and drags all the way across. I think those are the ones you, you would probably hit. 
this question from uh, Deterius Jones, and I, I had tweeted out something about this recently. So, so this is more, I think, based off of something that I said, and and so maybe you would uh, change your mind on this on what I said. But he says, uh, Deterius says, uh, why does Brian feel like quarterbacks don't hit their mental peaks uh, uh, until seven to eight years in the league? Uh, that's when they seem to play the most consistent mental part of the game. Because um, I talked about uh, Dak Prescott turned 29 uh, on Friday. And, uh, you know, I had done some research and, and looked at some notes that said, general, like a lot of quarterbacks, most quarterbacks of the last 20 years, their age 29 season on, their passer rating is higher than their first several years. And just my own explanation before, you know, I let you jump in is, I think it's the the arm does not deteriorate as fast as some of the other positions traits like speed and quickness and some of that, that's going to go downhill faster in your thirties than the arm strength. I feel like, and I think with quarterback, it being such a mental position and you've seen so much football and you gathering so much knowledge, I think around 30, 31, 32, that's when it all kind of harmonizes and goes, all right, you've still got, you know, big physical talent over here. And then now the mental part of the game and it all comes together to be as strong of a player as you can be. Uh, but that's just my own explanation. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. No, I, you know, it's funny because we got a discussion today on the G-Bag Nation, and that's where the question, I believe, is coming from, was the discussion. I just kind of felt like in year seven, we needed to be beyond the, well, Dak is, you know, Dak is still learning this. And Dak, you know, I, it, yeah. I kind of felt like that, man, if this, is we, if this is year two or three and you're starting to talk about, well, Dak is – you know, he needs to figure out this or figure out that. I get it. He's a really, really young guy. But, like, he's a veteran quarterback now. You know, and, and you're, you're, the things that you're, you know, the it's I, I struggle because we still honestly are treating him like he's a second or third year guy. You know, and I'm thinking, well, how the hell does guys like, you know, Allen and Buffalo and these young quarterbacks, how do they look like that they're, better and ready and you know and they're not and they don't struggle with uh you know society yeah. I, I i know it sounds confusing no, no, as no, no, hell. No, I, 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 I totally i totally get what but you're it's saying like, but it's at the like, same time there are there are the bradys and the breezes of the world who they played their most elite football by far into into this time no question breeze especially I, I, was a late i think bloomer. that i think that dak i think dak because we got in a discussion today physically i think dak is just as good as josh allen physically physically I, but, I, I but, think Allen's you, got a better arm, but yeah, yeah, I think. But, but I'm saying, but, yeah, but if you talk body, about body yeah. toughness, leadership, yeah. you know, all those intangibles, but why are we talking about Dak still trying to kind of figure things out, you know? Yeah. That, 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 I'm just saying. Like, I, guess, I guess for me, I thought he did figure it out in 19 and 20 in the first half of 21, and so I just write off the second half of last year to being – you know, getting in his head a little bit, and not that he hasn't figured it out. I think he just he he temporarily temporarily. Do we treat was, him like he hasn't figured it out? I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know if others do, but I, I think he. I think he's got a pretty good handle on things. I think you see if you were to compare his games from 2016, 17. If you, I think if you just watched consecutively, here's yeah. a game from 16, 17. I think you'd see, wow, that's not the same player. Yeah. And so I think that I think he has figured out a lot, and I think pre-snap we don't give him enough. Credit. I know some people like to criticize him post snap. I think pre snap, he's one of the better ones at, at recognizing where the mismatch yeah. is and, and you see, know where to go. With I, maybe maybe it's because of me. I, I I just expect more. But I think if you're in year seven, you need to you need to have it figured out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, but like I said, I think this is where quarterbacks about now year seven eight is where they start hitting their prime. 
And so, if the, in theory, this would be where Dak would start showing that this is his prime and he's going to yeah. play better football than he ever has. Uh, next question here from Andrew Amini. And this is an interesting one because I know this is something we've given Mike McCarthy credit for. Uh, can the extra attention paid to avoid injuries by Mike McCarthy actually be causing them, i.e. not practicing enough, causing the body to not be ready to handle a full season? Just seems like we've had awful injury luck since he's been here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Most healthiest team going in the playoffs last year, weren't they? They were, but I mean, I think you look at in 2020, uh, Tyron Smith, uh, got hurt uh, to an extent that he hadn't before. I think that you look at Dak being hurt three different times. I think that's more kind of stuff through. I guess key injuries, key yeah, like Dak, star injuries, we've had more of those. Maybe Dak not got injuries. hurt in training. Okay, let's go to Dak's injury. He the broken was, ankle, that's a fluke. fluke. Okay, he was pulled down in a tackle. The uh, Defender, you know, boom, got uh, Bradbury. Throws his body in the back of his ankles. Ankles get bent. Ankles get yeah. broke. That's it. Okay. The training, the shoulder, the training camp, he which was hurt on a hail mary drill. Yeah, he was throwing the ball. Yeah, so that was. I mean, you you could say that that was just, you know, is that unfortunate? Yeah, I mean, you could say that's now. Now, some people I think would argue that that was set up to happen because of how much he was working during the offseason. I think that's what I'm saying though, because I was talking to people and everybody. Now now they do have a bad history of soft tissue injuries because Sean Lee for years, and then last year. They had three bad calf injuries that hurt him. Dak, Michael Gallup, and Randy Gregory. So, I mean, you may be able to point some to some soft tissue stuff, but I don't know that that's because of McCarthy's management of injuries. Yeah, I'm trying to think because the the calf injury for Dak was the last throw of the New England game, right? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it, he's throwing it. He comes down. Comes down a little funny. Awkwardly, is that Mike McCarthy's fault or is that a I'm having to make a play and I land funny kind of a thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that maybe we could write it off that. I, I think that's more. Am I just, and I, maybe I shouldn't be just focusing on Dak, but I also think Tyron Smith has some bad luck. I always say this about Tyron Smith. Somebody's fallen down in the pocket. How many times have we seen da- uh, Tyron Smith have uh, yeah, a, I think knee, the knee, a knee? The knee against Minnesota last knee, year was that. A knee, an ankle. Somebody falls in the back of his ankle or falls in the back of his knee and then he gets hurt. You know? Yeah. Are, are there other injuries that we feel like McCarthy's? I'm 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 asking a question. No, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm scanning through my head some of the bigger injuries we've had. We had Trayvon Diggs break his foot. That was Jalen Smith playing a little reckless we had, and out of control. We had uh, we had uh, uh, had Tank broke a bone in his foot during a practice, right? Yep. That's that a, was just on a simple pass rush. Yeah. Hey, look, I think if you want to if you want to look at anything, and go. Hey, that's not quite right. You can look at the soft tissue injuries. They've had issues with calves and hamstrings for years. And last year, it all came together, and they had three really big ones. But I don't know that that's so much about the workload at practice. That that may be, you know, related to something different. I don't think McCarthy trying to, you know, pull their their workload back would cause the soft tissue the, stuff. The, the but trainers, I'm also not a doctor. I could trainers, be talking on my ass. No, you're not, because the <laughs> trainers told me, and I asked this question about it, I said, hey, how's McCarthy as far as caring about injuries and stuff? The trainers told me, he goes, 
by far the best coach we've ever had when it comes to caring about the players and how they're hurt or they're not hurt or what's wrong with them, what do we need to do better, that kind of thing. They, they, these trainers swear by Mike McCarthy when it comes to having a team ready health-wise. Yeah, and I think other players across the league who have played for Mike McCarthy would tell oh, that, that he took care of my body. Yeah. He, he, he well, added and, years and, to my career. Rod Marinelli has a history of working really, really, really hard at practice. And players that played defense for Rod Marinelli will tell you. And they, that, they love Rod, but they will tell you. Yeah, he works their ass took off. Took years off of my career. Yeah, back exactly. Into my career. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they, they love him. And, yeah. and they don't fault him for it, but they will say. I remember one of the guys on the Cowboys defensive line told me, they're like, the games were easy. Because practices were just we were run so hard, right? Right. And so yeah, I I don't think I, I don't think that you know that we've had some key injuries. I don't know that there's been a ton of injuries though. I think it's just been bad luck with who it's been. It's been right. a lot of specific big players. All right, uh, Brian, that's it. We got uh, two more episodes this week because we're doing three a week now. There you and go. So, so we're gonna be here watching these practices. Hopefully, uh, like I said, Brian and I are gonna try and run down who the who the heck this new receiver is gonna be because they're gonna have to go out and get somebody. Dennis Houston can't be starting out there on no. in week one. But, no. uh, Brian, I appreciate it as always. Yes, sir. And uh, we will talk to you guys again later this week.